0: To have you guys with us this morning to worship with us, uh, we have been studying through uh, the life of David together, and uh, continuing to do that today. Uh, although it's it's getting it's getting close to the end, uh, not to not to be uh, you know uh, down on David, but I mean all good things come to an end, right? Uh, but uh, we, uh, we're studying through that today. If, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. If you don't have a Bible, uh, let our ushers bring you one. Uh, in fact, if you don't own one, we'd love for you to have that one. Uh, consider it a gift. Uh, it is free, and we would uh, love for you to have it. Um, today we're... Uh, uh, just throw your hand up if you need one. Uh, today we're studying through um, uh, a trial if you will, uh, in the moment of the life of David. In fact, over the last several weeks, uh, we've been we've been studying through several trials that David has been going through. Uh, but as we've been studying through the last several weeks, if you've been with us, we've covered David and Bathsheba. We've covered, uh, you know, the aftermath of him trying to figure out life after David and Bathsheba and uh, the mistakes that were made there and some of those things and then uh, and then uh, this past week continuing uh, in that vein uh, you know kind of spilling over from David's previous sin uh, you know things that were uh, continuing to compound uh, on itself one of his own kids uh, Absalom who basically uh, uh, I say goes rogue uh, he there were there was a bunch of stuff that happened there was some really bad stuff that happened he had a David had another Son, uh, that son raped their sister. The other brother, eventually Absalom, eventually kills that brother Amnon. I mean, it's 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 a it's a mess. I mean, it's it's way big mess. And then uh, Absalom ends up going on the run. David brings him back in. David never really deals with him the way that he should. Uh, There's no justice, no justice for the sister, all these things. Uh, And again, just, you know, mistakes being made, and and, and we're just seeing, uh, you know, probably David in a situation where he didn't, he probably didn't feel like he could, you know, he could uh, dole out the justice that he should to his son uh, in that moment after all the mistakes that he had made, you know, for, probably for fear that, you know, maybe he should have justice doled. Out to himself, but either way, uh, we're left in this moment uh, of of the life of Absalom just being a mess, and then Absalom eventually turns on David altogether and leads a coup to basically try to overthrow and become the king himself. And so it's it's just a mess. I mean, it's like you know you think you think your family reunion is a mess. You know this this is this is something whole whole another level. Um, and, and then it ends, and I actually, actually left everybody hanging last week in first service. I never actually told you in the end, David ends up killing Absalom. But David ends up killing Absalom. Actually, David's, David's soldiers end up killing Absalom uh, in battle. And, uh, and this is after David actually asked for them to bring him back alive. And they had that, they had that chance, and they did not do that. Uh, There's a whole lot to that. We don't have time for all that. Uh, but I want to kind of just kind of give you a synopsis of where we are. And where we're studying from today uh, is actually uh, two passages, uh, but they, they I, I feel like they go together. I feel like it's good for us to, to see them together. Uh, I like teaching systematically. I like the, I like systematic theology. In other words, like taking the whole. What does the whole of Scripture say about something? And and this in particular is a continuation of a story that's going on within the bigger story of things going on. Uh, and, and it, it seems kind of minute in the moment as you're reading through because we're actually backtracking and we're going back into the middle of where David's trying to figure out what to do about Absalom and Absalom basically is out trying to kill his dad, you know, and so we're, we're kind of going back into the middle of that, but then we're going to finish after Absalom is dead from battle, uh, and see kind of something that happens in the midst of that, um. Don't know when the last time was that uh, you had someone uh, that that gave you a good good cussing out, uh, but that's basically what we're going to study about today. And so we're going to see uh, how David handles a moment in the midst of all this craziness going on, uh, with like his son trying to come after him and kill him, and all these things. And and here we have David, you know, dealing with that in the middle of all that. Uh, someone coming at coming at him strongly. Uh, not just with words, but let's let's read that together, shall we? Uh, this is Second Samuel chapter sixteen. 2 Samuel chapter sixteen, uh, and and the fellow that we're going to be talking about uh, today a little bit uh, in this story with David is uh, his name is Shimei. And uh, let's let's just start reading in verse five. And in verse five it says, when King David came to Bahurim, there came out a man. Of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. And as he came, he cursed continually. I've got some friends. Just, just like, just they straight come to mind, like you do too. Some of you are convicted right now. I'm sorry. Um, verse six. And he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David. So he's not, he's not just giving him a good cussing. He is throwing rocks at, at not just him, but at his servants. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. In other words, they're like ready to pounce. Have you ever been you ever been in that moment where like you Got like you've got you've got all the bros and like you're ready you know like you you know like this is your chance and like you can you can you can finish this now you know like Mortal Kombat right uh, but anyway this is this is kind of what's going on here and and it says in verse seven and Shimei said as he cursed get out get out you man of blood you worthless man the Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. So again, Absalom's not dead yet. This guy is shouting, Absalom is, Absalom's the king now. You need to get out the way, right? And, and he says, see, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse the Lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. You know, I, I, I love the wording of that. Like, it, it, I mean, can you imagine like somebody like, I mean, like, you know, something happens with us like present day. We're like, you want me to go, you want me to go take care of him? You want me to just go like, you know, give him a good whooping? Uh, not, not here, not with Abishai. Abishai's like, hey, hey, let me go take off his head. I can do that right now. You know I can. You've seen me do it before, right? And so, and so it goes on. Let, he says, let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruah, if he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all the servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life, how much more now may this Benjamite leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be the Lord will look on this wrong done to me, and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. So David and his men went on the road. While Shammai went along on the hillside opposite of him. Still not done. Okay? We're not done here. And cursed as he went. And threw stones at him and flung dust. And in other translations it just says straight dirt. Okay? So he's cussing. He's, he's, he's cussing him. He's throwing rocks. Apparently he's running out of rocks, now we're throwing dirt, you know, I don't know. He's got like some good dirt clods maybe going on, or mud pies, I'm not sure, probably not mud pies. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. So we've, we've we got, to, we got this moment, okay? Uh, we've, we've all had moments where someone has come at us with, uh, you know, hard words, you know, the, here here's the truth uh, about hard words. You know, words words can hurt. You know, words can hurt, and and I think that for a lot of us, I think that you know we 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 love we love that statement. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? Sticks and stones are exactly what he's having thrown at him, uh, on top of the words. The hurtful words, the, you know, you're not good enough as king. Your son is really the real king. You know, what are you doing here? You need to get out of the way. All these people's blood is on your hands. He's even including all the house of Saul, the king that was before him. And, you know, David, if you remember, David came in to what a crazy situation that was. It came under the authority of King Saul after the Lord had already basically ordained him as the king, and David waited patiently for his turn for man himself to make him king before he chose to begin to reign okay, over the people and, and the land and all these things. And and so you know it, it's 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 like everything else. It's all the things that you don't want people to say to you. You know if if you've got if you've got you know things in the back of your mind that maybe you feel like you are not as good at as you should be. You know if you don't feel worthy to do something. It's it's exactly that. It's exactly in this moment him going after David, using words to take those things that David probably already struggles with and and is throwing those things at him, launching these things in his direction in, in such a hurtful, hurtful way. And let's face it that stuff hurts. That stuff hurts. You've had people hurt you. I've had people hurt me. People say awful things sometimes. And, and especially in a day and age when, when you got the keyboard commandos going on, you know, on social media where they can sit behind a computer and never see you in your face and uh, heaven forbid you ever be anyone in the public eye. <laughs> right? Heaven forbid that you ever want to serve your community or do anything and and just wait for the attacks to come. And they come from out of nowhere, from people you don't know about stuff that has nothing to do with you sometimes. And guess what? They still hurt. They still hurt. I've, I've, I've gotten to deal with my fair share of that over the years. I'll spare you the stories, uh, and to be honest with you, I feel like yet, even though I have dealt with some of that over time, uh, the Lord has still protected me from maybe even a lot more of that uh, at times than probably what I would have maybe assumed would happen. When when we when we set out to start 24 um, almost 17 years ago, it'd be this September actually is when my wife and I left student ministry, moved back home, and began the process. Of starting the church with Joey in the beginning, it was in the beginning. It was me, me and Aaron and Joey, and uh, we just spent a whole lot of time meeting with people and praying with people and asking people to pray about feeling led to be missionaries here in this community, uh, helping people to understand we weren't after trying to get people from other churches to come to our church, but people uh, that needed a church, that weren't going to church, people that were not believers, people that were de-churched, people that had given up on the church all those things. And, and, and in the end, you know, we knew that this church would look different than a lot of churches do. And I knew, because I grew up around here, I knew that that wouldn't be greeted with open arms by everybody. And that's okay. We can't make everybody happy. But in the process, people hurt you. People say things to you. People, people, people say things about you they just assume that it's okay. They think, "Oh, well I, you know, they 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 put themselves out there so I can I can say to them whatever I want to and I can and my and my words shouldn't matter because they should be tough enough to take it." You know, and if and if you're like me, some days stuff will roll off your back a whole lot more easy than a lot easier than others, you know. And and I'm just I'm thinking about this moment right now for David. I'm thinking about this moment. Like what's going on in this moment? He He's probably, at, at times, thinking, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm gonna lo- I, I've got this awful thing that's happened to my daughter. I've got one son who's dead, killed by the other son, and that son is out trying to kill me now, and trying to take over the kingdom, in which I know that the Lord has put me in charge of. So, I mean, even, even in the sense of like not wanting to like battle his son, like, he's probably just being honest, a little afraid for his son. Maybe he's even more afraid for his son than he is his own life because he knows the power of God. And he knows what God's called him to do. And in the midst of this, here comes old Shimei, And he's like, hey buddy, let me share a few things with you. Can I talk to you for just a minute? I've got some things on my heart I'd like to share with you. He doesn't really go about it that way. That's usually how church people do it, you know. Again, I haven't had to deal with a whole lot of that, praise God, uh, over over my ministry, and I'm very thankful for that. But I've seen it happen in a lot of churches. Um, David, in this moment, despite the fact that he's being attacked by this guy, verbally and literally physically, David says what? After his buddy is like, hey, we're all here, and me just by myself, I can go take off his head. I'll just take it off, right? You know? And then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, and rem- be reminded, they're having stuff thrown at them too. Okay, so I mean, you know, even if they didn't care before, I'm sure they probably care when they get hit in the head with a stone, right? So, he says to Abishai and all of the servants, behold, my own son seeks my life. He's very mindful of what's going on right now in this moment. My own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? He's like, you know, you know, hey guys, let's chill, like, my kid's out here trying to kill me. You think that I'm really worried about this guy? And he says, leave him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has told him to. The Lord has told him to? Like the Lord told this guy to, to cuss him out? Like, and right now you're going, I think the Lord's told me to do that a few times, right? Easy, easy. Easy. Don't pat yourself on the back yet. This is a moment when David is saying to his people, Folks, we need to let it be. And then he goes on and he says, to follow up with that, He says, It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and the Lord will repay me for good for his cursing today. He is trusting solely in the Lord in this moment. This is not what we want to do. We want to fix it. Right? We want to look at our buddy, have a shine, go, take his head off. I'd like to see it. Right? Let's let's do that today. I mean, he's been attacking all of us, right? I mean, there's no reason not to. We should take his head off. And let's be real honest. When someone says something to us, or they wrong us, or they hurt us, what do we want to do? We want to take their head off. We want to take their head off. In fact, in fact we, we will stew for hours. Hours cultivating the perfect paragraph of what we are going to unleash on them, right? You know, in a text message, on social media, we're going to defend ourselves, we're going to make sure that we're okay, we're going to get justice, right? Yeah. Is, it, is it really justice if it's revenge? No, it's not. We'll talk about that in a minute. David is open to the thought that the Lord wants this to happen to him and he doesn't want his boys to intervene and stop it because he believes that the Lord has a plan. David, and and this guy's not just done. I mean, you look at verse 13. So David went with his men, uh, uh, David and his men went on the road while Shammai, Shammai. Uh, went along on the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and flung dust. And so, as they continue to move along, this guy doesn't stop. I mean, this this guy's just asking for it. Right? And I think for so many of us, I think in this moment, we seek what Jeffrey White talked about in a message called Big Enough to Forgive where he talked about how vengeance, revenge never brings resolution. You ever notice that? Like we, we, we want that revenge. We want that vengeance. We say, we say we want justice. Our hearts are what show us what we really want. Justice can still be done. Let, let, let's make no mistake here. It's not. It's not a good thing for someone to wrong you. Okay, it's not. A, it's not a good thing for someone uh, to to do wrong by you. We understand that. We understand that justice is in place, and you know all of those things are in place for a reason. But vengeance, vengeance, revenge is done for our delight, and that's what we want so often in these moments. Justice is moral accounting. Justice is making sure that a wrong has been right, been made right. But, but let's just face it. At, at what point do we make those kind of wrongs right? When people come at us with their hurtful words and they say those things that make us question all the things in our life that we have struggled with about who we are and whether we're good enough or whatever it is. And by the way, let me just say you are. Okay? Let me just say you are. And you're like, oh Chris, we're going to the, the, the self-help. No, I, the, you got the wrong church for that. Uh, that's not here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying that the Lord created you and He made you and He loves you and He made you perfectly in His image with a purpose in this life for His kingdom that tells me you are good enough. You are good enough in Christ. Christ ultimately is who is truly good enough. And if our identity is found in Him, we too have been made good enough for His love, for His care, to be in His family, to have eternal life, to have that purpose that we've been called to. We have to be careful about retaliation, it keeps us from healing the wounds that we've received. Hatred is a dangerous thing. Hate builds in our heart and creates sin in our heart. Right now, if you're real honest with yourself, maybe, maybe you're struggling with a relationship that you have with somebody. Maybe, maybe there's somebody out there that you have written off You've said uh, that statement that's so popular these days, you are dead to me, right? It's easy to say that. It's hard to do what David did in this moment, where he says, No, no, let it go, let it go. The The Lord may want me to be cursed here. And I think that it's important for us to be reminded of something, for us to show grace. As we have been given grace is an important piece of the puzzle for us. Let me tell you what, this is an integral part of the church. A church cannot exist if it is not willing to show grace for one another. You know, and and when I say church, if you've not been around here for very long, uh, when I say church, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about the people. We've been called to forgive as we have been forgiven. And this is something that we are called to as the church that, that we could coexist together in our sin and all these things, and that we would lovingly bring one another back to the Lord. But one thing that I'm reminded of is a statement that I have said over the years when people have come to me, and I've tried to remember when I've been hurt too by others, which is hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. It's not by accident people hurt us. I'm not saying that they should. I'm not saying we should be anybody's punching bag. But I'm just saying, it's good for us to be reminded that almost every single time there's more than meets the eye when it comes to people And how they are treating us. I think that that's so important for us this morning. And what we remember is we look back on an unfair past. We look back on people that treated us wrongly. But allowing forgiveness is saying that you want the future to be different why would we want to continue living in pain? Why do we want to continue to carry hate in our heart that hurts us? That takes us down a notch from who God has called us to be? Taking away from us the chance and opportunity to do the very thing that God has done for us. He has forgiven us. And in forgiving us, He's calling us to do that for others. Is that easy? No. That's never easy. It's never easy. Because the truth is is that someone's hurt you because they've wronged you. And to forgive them is to give up the right to retaliation. Giving up the right to pay that person back. To get our revenge. And we see people for their mistakes. And those people in our lives right now, if I ask you the name of a person in your life who's hurt you, and that you're, if you're just being, if we're just having a one on one candid conversation and you're sharing everything with me, and you're saying, This person's hurt me, and if I say, Tell me about that person, immediately you are going to go to the thing that they did that hurt you. And you have made their identity their sin. That's understandable. But let me flip that switch. How would you like for your identity to be in the sin of your life? How would you like your identity to be maybe one time in your life you wronged somebody? And your identity to be that thing? We don't like that so much. But it's easy for us to do that to others. So, we're going to skip a couple chapters. and We're going to go to chapter 19. And in chapter 19, the story continues. But at this point, Absalom is dead. That battle is over. And things are moving toward trying to get back to some sort of normalcy, okay? And in the midst of that moment, we have this happen in 2 Samuel 19. King Saul is you know, still the king. He was never not the king, okay? To be clear. But it is now clear to everyone that he is the king. And Absalom is dead and gone and all those things. And it says in verse 16 of chapter 19, in Shimei the son of Gera the Benjamite from Burham, hurried to come down with the men of Judah to meet King David and with him were a thousand men from Benjamin. This is the guy who was cussing David. Throwing stones, throwing dirt, the whole bit. This is the same guy. And Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul with his fifteen sons and twenty servants rushed down to the Jordan before the king. And they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household and to do his pleasure? And Shammai, the son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was about to cross the Jordan and said to the king, let not my lord hold me guilty or remember how your servant did wrong on the day my lord the king left Jerusalem. Do not let the king take it to heart. For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come this day, the first of all, the house of Joseph, to come down to meet my Lord, the King. And here he is, on his knees, on the ground, begging for mercy, begging for forgiveness, Owning his sin. I mean, this is what we want people to do to us, right? This is what the people that have wronged us, we want them to come to us, and we want them to do this, right? This is what we long for. It's like one of these incredible moments, right? And, And here, he does that, and then, immediately, our boy Abishai, remember, let me go take off his head guy, that's this guy, verse 21, Abishai, the son of Zeruah, answered Shall not Shammai be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed? But David said, I have, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruah, that you should this day be an adversary to me? Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For do I not know that I am the king over Israel? And the king said to Shammai, You shall not die and this king gave him and the king gave him his oath wow so incredibly incredibly we have this moment where Abishai ready again to kill this guy who has cursed him thrown stuff at him hurt him every which way the king people don't hurt kings folks You don't hurt the king and get away with it. People die for hurting the king. I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? But not here. And David not only will not allow him to do it, but he says, on this day, we are not going to be adversaries. This day, we're going to celebrate. This day, do I need someone to remind me that I am the king over Israel? He's saying, I don't need that to happen to be reminded that I'm the king of Israel let me be the king of Israel and he looks at this dude who has hurt him in the middle of a moment in his life where he was already hurting so bad and let's face it in those moments we especially want vengeance we especially want justice we especially want to fix it because we're already hurting right and here, he's hurting, and yet, he's been hurt. And in this moment, he says, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. And in fact, he looks at Shemai and he says, you shall not die. And gives him that promise. Jay Adams wrote a book called For, From Forgiven to Forgiving. Learning to forgive one another God's way. And I want to share a couple things with you that he says that I think are worthwhile. He says forgiveness is granted before it's felt. If you wait to feel forgiving, you may never feel that way and never do it. But if you carry out the act, the feeling comes along with it and involves making three promises that you need to keep into the future. Here are the three promises. You ready for this? You're not ready for this. Okay, so just get ready for it, and then you can go back and watch it again on the podcast or whatever. First, first, the first one, the first promise is this. Promise not to bring it up to the person again. Promise not to bring it up to the person again. The second one, promise not to bring it up to others. That's hard. Because we love to find little justice in retelling the story. And I am guilty of this. I am guilty of this. I had someone that hurt me a couple years ago over what I think is like some of the silliest stuff. And in the past, if somebody would bring that up, oh, I'd, I'd tell the story. I'd tell, I'd tell you know, this silly story of what, you know, I should keep my mouth shut It's what I should do. I need to forgive. I am working through that currently. I am convicted over that presently. Promise not to bring it up to others. And lastly, promise not to bring it up to yourself again. In other words, quit dwelling on it. You say, Chris, well I can't forget it. I I get it. It's going to come up in your mind. But you've got to forgive yourself too. At times for some of the sin that this has caused and created in your life that you've allowed from dwelling on it. We have to stop dwelling on it. We won't forget in it, its an entirety. But you can forgive and not hold it against them and not allow yourself to dwell on it when it comes up. You say, Chris, I just don't know that I can forgive somebody who has, that has hurt me over and over and over. How many times did Jesus say to forgive? When the boy is asking, how many times do we forgive... Jesus. Jesus said, oh, 70 times 7. You know what he was saying? He was saying, you don't keep up with it. You just do it. You just forgive. I mean, and you go, well, let's get literal about the Bible. 70 times 7, okay, well, then, uh, you know, what if that applies to the Lord? Is he only supposed to forgive us 70 times 7? Literal terms, No. He wants to forgive us continually. We have been called to do the same. Could we possibly get hurt again? Absolutely we could. Can we do things to protect ourselves still? Yeah, absolutely. David here in this passage is continuing to be cursed. Continuing to have stones thrown at him. Dirt flung at him. All of these things. He's in a continual state of forgiveness despite the awful moment that this is in his life. And as this guy is wronging him in the moment, he is still forgiving this guy. David felt like he may have deserved the cursing. And maybe he did. David had gone and done a lot of really dumb things. And he was willing to believe the possibility that the Lord wanted him to go through with go through this and that it was okay for it to happen not many kings would have allowed this but the truth is is that this king had a king and it was the Lord our God and in this moment we see him do something that you don't see many kings do but we see another king do not many kings are going to take a good cursing but I know one that did Matthew 27:27 27, 27 says this Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. There's a king who allowed us to curse him and then kill him. Why? That we might have forgiveness. That we might have a chance to be a part of the family of God. That he would make Himself known into all the world that He would allow us to kill Him and three days later rise from the grave to prove who He was, the only one in history to do that. And He allowed us to curse Him. Because Romans 5.8 says, but God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because it's not about us. It's not about what we can do. It's about what He's done. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive. So today, two things. First one. I hope you've been forgiven. I hope that you've... Let me reword that. I hope that you have gotten to experience forgiveness through Jesus Christ. That only comes through believing in Him and trusting in Him to be your Savior. Okay? And He's done that for anyone who would believe in Him. And you can't possibly have done such an awful thing in this life that He can't forgive you. His forgiveness is good for all. Okay? Secondly... We, too, are called to forgive others as He has forgiven us. And folks, let me tell you what. If you haven't done that, if you're holding on to that in your life today, Satan is using that against you. That is, that is you know, pe- people say stuff like, well, i you know, I got to protect myself. You know, they use it as a defense mechanism. They think that they're protecting themselves. Folks, you're hurting yourselves. We are are hurting ourselves when we don't allow forgiveness to take place not just in words, but in our hearts. Between you and the Lord today, you know whatever struggle might be there. In fact, won't we just bow our heads right now? And let's just go to Him and let's just ask Him to help us with that right now. God, we need Your help, God, to forgive And God, first of all, we need to be forgiven. God, I pray for anyone right now that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior. God, I pray that your forgiveness would rain down over them right now. God, that you would do a work in their heart and in their life. God, that would just be amazing. Lord, thank you for what you've done through your son Jesus in that that you have forgiven us that while we were still sinners, you still sent Jesus to die for us. While we still cursed you, God, You did this work in our lives. You did this work through Your Son, sending Him to the cross. God, I pray that You would remind us of that forgiveness today as You are putting it on our hearts. God, to forgive as You have forgiven us, that You call us and lead us and use us to forgive others in our lives. Lord, do a work in us and in the lives of others. Lord, as you call us to do this, Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. God, use us for your glory. Use, us, use our forgiveness for others. Lord, not to make us look great, not for us to just help feel better about ourselves, but Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, that would point other people to you. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray it. Amen.